The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge? As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel, for every living soul belongs to me. The Father, as well as the Son, both alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. Yet, you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear, O house of Israel, is my way unjust? Is not your ways that are un- is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin, he will die for it. Because of the sin he has committed, he will die. But if a wicked man turns away from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he will save his life. Because he considers all the offences he has committed and turns away from them, he will surely live. He will not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, O house of Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? Therefore, O house of Israel, I will judge you, each one according to his ways, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offences, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offences you have committed, and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Thanks be to God. The New Testament reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 to 32. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, 
I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Thanks be to God. Sometimes I want to say thank goodness for Jesus and his stories. But I'm not quite sure whether I want to say that this morning. Um, but the, the Old Testament reading is so difficult. Isn't it? The Ezekiel reading is so difficult. Is the prophet is, we, we remember that the prophet is speaking um, this message to the people of Israel in a time of crisis. Israel has been defeated, Jerusalem and the temple destroyed, and the people, including the prophet, exiled as captives of a foreign power. I think somewhere in that reading all about life and death, uh, there is supposed to be some hope. You know, there is hope. It comes across as if you turn from evil, you will live, but if you don't, you will die. And that, to me, seems really so hard and judgmental. But I think at the time, it was meant as hope for the people in this, in this demoralized situation. And I always love the way that Jesus doesn't have answers, does he? He, he never has answers. He, he asks, he answers questions with another question. And, and here we find him um, outside of the temple, um, perhaps uh, controversially um, teaching, um, which he did. And he, he tells this, this parable, this story, about, about two sons. One who, um, well, they both asked to go and work in, in the vineyard, and one says, no, and goes. And the other one says, yes, and doesn't go. And he asks the question again, which one did the right thing? Which one did the right thing? And he, he tells us that the, you know, the, the, the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners or whatever said no, but then did it. But he doesn't tell us who the others are. He doesn't tell us that they're probably the... Um, the chief priests, the elders. And I just, I just wonder what equivalent to the, those groups of people we have today. 
You know, what is the equivalent to tax collectors, you know, what is the equivalent? I, you know, write it on a postage stamp and send it to me. Is it, um, well, for example, is it the, the people who work the socks off in the NHS and, and, and teaching and, and aid workers who, who somehow, and probably we've got family and friends in this category who actually can't believe in God, you know, for whatever reason. You know, are, are they um, the equivalent? The ones who get on with, with doing God's will, but, but somehow, you know, don't fit in. Um, is it the, the people of other faith who don't agree perhaps with, with, with our way? Who, what, what is the equivalent in today's world? I mean, what is the equivalent to the chief priests and the elders? Is it just uh, ministers? Local preachers? There's one or two preachers here. Stewards? Are, are they included in the hierarchy? Pastoral visitors? I, I don't know. What is the equivalent? Who actually seem to be doing the right thing, but, but may not be. You know, we, everybody gets things wrong at times, don't we? And perhaps there should be another son, or even a daughter. You know, perhaps there should be a, well, perhaps there should be a Yorkshire son who says, well, what's in it for me? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry for all the Yorkshire people. We're not all like that. The, the Methodist, you know, what about the Methodist who says, well, I don't mind doing a bit of work. How many committees will I have to be on? <laughs> you know. And actually, what about the daughter? What about the daughter who says, of course I will, and just gets on with it? What about the daughter who just gets on with working her socks off and beavering away? What about the sons and daughters who are already in the vineyard? What about those who get on with the work and just, you know? Jesus asks the question, who, you know, is, is, is doing the right thing? Who is doing God's work. A few, a couple of months ago, um, the circuit stewards and, and Jeff um, asked me if I would uh, share in some of the work here at St. Peter's. And of course, I, I did the Yorkshire bit, and then I did the Methodist bit. And then I said, of course I will. What do you want me to do? And he said, well, he said, I don't really get time to, to do the pastoral work properly, efficiently. 
So then he tells me in my letter of understanding, very Methodist, that I'll be on the circuit meeting, the church council, stewards meeting, and I will be chairing the pastoral committee. So I'm thinking, well, there ain't much time for pastoral work there, is there then? And of course, what is pastoral work? What is, you know, what is working in this vineyard? I, I, I try to, to say it's something about the well-being of the church, the well-being of the community, the well-being of everybody. And everybody's involved in that, isn't it? You don't need me. You know, because we've got fabulous pastoral visitors. We've got wonderful workers in God's place, in this church and community. What are we doing? Is our, is our worship exciting you know, we can't wait for 10.30 on a Sunday morning to meet with our, with our friends, to share in the, in, the, in the worship of God. Our friendship and our fellowship that we, that we do together. You know, that when we laugh together and we cry together and we meet each other, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, any time in the week. You know, we look forward to these, these times. When we open our doors and we're part of the community, what do people see as they walk past the bottom of our driver? You know, do they see a church of people which is full of the love of God which we saw in Christ? Is that what they see? How do we welcome people? Our president of, um, our president of conference this year, Lorraine Meller, she's set out a task of welcoming people. How is our welcome in church? What do people see when they meet with us? She actually said, <laughs> so this, these aren't my words. She says some churches, I don't know who's on coffee this morning, sorry about this, but she says, welcomes more than a, a rich tea biscuit, isn't it? I'm not sure what sort of biscuits we've got this morning. Please, please forgive me if we've got rich tea. But you know what I mean? Jesus said, who is working in the vineyard? Who is doing the right thing? Who is doing... God's work. It didn't answer the question. And it's, it's hard for us to answer. It's hard for me to answer the question 
I'm, I'm not quite sure because I see lots and lots of people, as I say, who, have, who can't you know, find a way to believe in a God, you know, as, as perhaps many of us believe in, in that God. And yet they do tremendous work and witness in the community. And occasionally you see Christians, don't you? What did I see on Facebook a few weeks ago? It's all right telling people that you're a Christian, but then don't act like a jerk. You know, and there's something in that. Am I, am I allowed to use that word here? I think it was an American post. And I think, again, there's something in that, isn't there? You know, we, we are what we are, and we want to be, you know, what God wants us to be, and we want to work and witness and share in worship and fellowship, and we want to open our doors and welcome people, and we want to share the love of God seen in, in, in Jesus with all the people we meet. And somebody again said, if we have to use words, but sometimes it's best if we don't, isn't it? So, these two sons, you and I, the categories that people find themselves in, as we meet in a few moments' time around God's table and kneel or stand to share the bread and the wine. Um, what does that mean to us? What does that mean to us underneath the cross? Um, sometimes it's nothing at all to do with the sin of the Old Testament. It's okay. I think it's time I finished anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It is more to do, you know, with our role in the church, in society, and what we are. I understand all the, well, I don't understand them, I probably know some of them, the um, creeds that we, we say and the things that we're supposed to be, believe. But I think our response to God in, in Jesus uh, is about what we are and what we do. So let's continue to pray as a, as a worshipping community that you know, we do the work that God calls us to do to the best of our ability. Amen.